here, welcome to She Can, the podcast, where the goal is for you to leave each episode feeling empowered to go after what you want and knowing that if she can, so can you. Let's get started. I hope you're well. I am really excited to be talking to you today on episode number 11 about something that honestly I think we all battle with and I had an example recently of where I was just I just became very aware of what was going on in my mind and I want to share that with you. So as you know if you have listened to the podcast for a while I have recently got into cold water therapy, cold water dips and my sister and I go for a dip in a local loch and she's always the instigator. Always, always, always. It's usually on a Saturday night if her kids are with their dad then she'll message me and she'll say do you want to go for a dip tomorrow morning? So she'll message me on a Saturday night usually and usually I am having a glass of wine, I'm having nice food and she'll message me and she'll say do you want to go for a dip tomorrow morning? And she did this last week. And I was having a nice Saturday evening and I had a call at half past nine on Sunday morning. So I said, oh, well, sorry, Alison, I can't do it. I can't manage it. I have a call at half past nine tomorrow morning, so I can't actually make it first thing in the morning. So she said, okay, well, we'll go earlier. If we go at eight, then you'll be back in time to get ready for your call and you could even squeeze in a workout before your call. I thought, oh, she's taken my excuse. <laughs> and I said to Stephen, oh, Alison's just asked me and I used the getting up for the call as an excuse. And she she said, well, we can go earlier. And Stephen said, but Meg, you love, you love it every time you do it. Why don't you just say yes? And I became really aware of two voices in my head. Now, there was one voice saying, just do it Meg, you love it every time, you get to spend time with your sister, you get to feel that rush of energy, you know of all the health benefits, you feel better all day, you will be bursting full of energy for your call, you'll come home, you'll do a workout, you'll be buzzing, it's so good for your immune system, it's so good for so many things, just go and do it. This other voice was saying, you know, you are doing work, you might be late to bed, you need some sleep, you'll just be cosy in the morning, it's meant to be rubbish weather, so I started looking up the weather app, oh it's supposed to be raining, it's supposed to be cold and there's just this fight going on in my mind of do it, don't do it, do it, do it for the long term benefits, do it to feel better, do it for better energy versus stay comfortable, stay in your nice cosy bed, get up just when you have to and take the easy way out, just just don't do it. So after I spoke to Stephen, I just messaged Alison back straight away and said, okay, I'll do it. And I had to do it really quickly because I knew that if I thought any longer about it, I would completely talk myself out of it and I wouldn't do it. So I either wouldn't reply to her message or I would say, no, I'm just not feeling it. But even after I'd replied to that message, still, as the evening went on, I was thinking, you could just cancel. You could just send a message and say, sorry, it's too late. You know what, it's, it's too late, I won't get enough sleep. Or sorry, I'm just worried about time. Or sorry, I, whatever, insert any excuse that you like. Sorry, my fish ate my car keys. <laughs> I can't go. All of these things were going through my mind. And it just made me really aware 
of these things happen every single time we make a decision to change our lives. Every single time we make a decision to do something different. Every single time you make a decision to do something that pushes yourself out of your comfort zone. It's not a big thing. It's never a big deal. It's the small deals that really make a difference. It's those little moments where you have the choice of do the thing or stay comfortable. Do the thing or stay comfortable. And it's what you do in those moments that will change the course of your life. And it's so, so important to realise that and to understand a little bit more about what those two voices in your mind are and how you can actually overcome them. So first of all, just to give you a bit of kind of background on that, for anyone for anyone thinking, what did she do? Did she go for the swim or did she not? I did. I went for the swim. I got up met Alison at the loch, we went for a dip, came back, did a workout, jumped in the shower and I went on that call and I was buzzing, full of zest for life, full of energy, self-confidence was boosted, self-esteem was boosted, energy was boosted. I knew that it was the right thing to do and that's what happened and it was just a total win. So thank you to my amazing, disciplined, incredible sister. (laughs) But there are so many examples in life that this happens. This is just one example. So when you're thinking about your mind, whenever you have a moment where you you need to make a decision, Mel Robbins talks about this a lot as a five second window. She speaks about from when you get that, that invite to do something or that gut feeling of you should go and talk to that person or you should go and work out right now or you should listen to that training call. Whenever you get that feeling, between that feeling and your mind talking yourself out of it, you have a window of five seconds. So when you have a feeling that you want to do something, you need to act very, very quickly. She recommends counting backwards, five, four, three, two, one, really as quickly as you can. She uses a snooze alarm as an example. So when you wake out of bed and you really don't feel like it, it's too cold, I'm too comfortable, I'm too tired, all of that stuff. As soon as that starts to kick in, you've got five seconds before the snooze alarm and all of that stuff kicks in. So you need to just hear the alarm, five, four, three, two, one, and get up before your mind starts to talk yourself out of it. And the reason it does that is because your mind has three jobs, basically. Number one is it regulates your body to keep you alive. That's a clear one, the obvious one. Number two is when you're sleeping, it catalogues your life to create memories Half of your brain is sleeping and half of your brain basically catalogues everything that's happened so that you can create memories. And number three is it's built to protect you. It protects you by magnifying any risk, making things seem worse than they are. And that number three is really what happens when your mind starts to talk yourself out of doing stuff. Most of us are in a trap that we know what to do, but we don't do it. And it's never a big thing. It's all about the little small things. True change comes down to these five second windows and how you start your day or what happens in that momentary decision when you open the fridge first thing in the morning. What are you going to have for your breakfast? How are you going to start your day? How are you going to prepare for the following day? All of those things, are they seem like such minuscule things, but they really are huge. And when your alarm rings and you don't feel like it and you count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, it shuts your mind off. And you may have to do this forever. You know, you may have to battle with this ever 
forever because some things you know you can you can train habits and it just becomes habituary over a long period of time some things you're just never going to feel like you know I don't know anyone that when the alarm goes off it's like woohoo let's go unless they are very very their mind is very very well trained and they have complete power over their physiology so Always notice that window and notice what happens if you let that window pass because your mind will start to overcome it. Now, someone who explains this very, very well is Jay Shetty in his book, Think Like a Monk. So he explains these two voices that I spoke about before with my cold water example as the monkey mind and the monk mind. So the monkey mind in this example was the voice in my head saying oh no Meg it's far too early in the morning you'll be so tired you've not had enough sleep it'll be so uncomfortable when you feel that cold water on you that you're going to have to get changed at the side of the lock when it's raining you just want to stay in bed you just want to start your Sunday morning easy like Sunday morning it's not how this song goes just chill out just it's focusing on instant gratification it's fast moving it's always looking for the next thing it's focusing on sleep, it's focusing on lethargy, it just wants to lie about, do nothing all day, keep you comfortable, press snooze, all of the things that keep you in that comfortable state away from danger. That's your monkey mind versus your monk mind, which is really your intelligence. So your mind, your monkey mind is kind of that instant feeling that you have that is inbuilt in you. It's nature, it's evolution that has created those feelings for you. Your intelligence is your monk mind. That's what you know will serve you. It thinks more long-term. It's more goal-focused. It's more proactive. So it was my monk mind that was saying, Meg, do it. Go. Spend time with your sister. You love spending time with her. You will feel so much better once you feel that cold water. Your energy will be boundless. If you do it once more, you know that you can do it again. You'll then it'll trigger a day of good habits because you'll then go on to do a workout and then you'll then you'll go into the call and you'll have a good call. If you don't do it, you'll feel rubbish about yourself. You'll have low energy, you won't do the workout all day, will be a write-off because you've made an excuse for this one decision. My intelligence told me that that was going to be the outcome of this. So if you know that you have two parts of your mind, you've got your monkey mind and you've got your monk mind, how do you, when you're given a decision to make, when you're faced with a choice, how do you overcome the part of your mind that takes the easy option, the monkey mind? How do you shut the monkey up and focus on the monk mind? In Jay Shetty's book, he speaks about a guard. You need to bring in the guard of the mind. Now, the guard is the person who's in between the feeling and the senses and you know how comfortable you're going to feel. You know how cosy it's going to be in your nice warm bed versus you know how uncomfortable it's going to be when you feel that cold water. That guard takes the senses and it interrupts the pattern before it gets to the mind. So, for example... When you feel an uncomfortable sensation, for example, nerves, because you're going, you're going, you're about to do something that makes you a little bit nervous, like getting out of bed really early to go and plunge yourself into freezing cold water, you know that it's uncomfortable in the senses. So the guard says it, it will feel uncomfortable. It will be very cold. However, you know how good it makes you feel. 
when the senses give you something pleasurable that then leads to something an effect that you don't want to for example sugar if you want to quit sugar which i do then when you focus on the senses your mind will tell you how good sugar tastes and how good those sweets are and how yummy the chocolate is and how good the junk food tastes for that second that it's on your lips and the guard interrupts that feeling and says okay I know it's going to taste good for a minute however remember that you said you were going to quit sugar remember that you made that commitment remember the reasons why you wanted to quit sugar remember that you know that sugar drains your energy you know that it totally changes your mood you know that long term it can lead to really really severe health complications you know that it's not good for any of your goals therefore let's think again before we eat the sugar that's the job of the guard so the guard has five r's that he focuses on when he is talking you in or out of something number one is reason so you need a reason and the deeper the reason is the better it's going to be so for example let's go with the sugar when you see the sugar, when you walk past a cake and it's saying, eat me, eat me, I look so good, eat me, you need a reason not to eat that cake. So maybe your reason is you made a commitment to quit sugar. You know that if you eat that cake, although it will taste good, in about an hour from that cake touching your lips, your energy is going to drain so low, you're going to feel so rubbish, you're going to feel so tired, therefore it's going to impact the rest of your day. Or your long-term reason is you know that it's going to cause health difficulties if you continue on the sugar spiral that you're on. The only reason people don't do things in life is that they associate more pain than pleasure with the doing of the activity. So if you are struggling to make yourself do something, really dig deep into the reason why you're doing it and if you can find that reason if you can find why you can do it and how you can make it fun and how you can associate pleasure with it then you're far more likely to actually do it and associate that with pleasure rather than with pain okay the second art is research so the reason that you say yes or no to doing something is given more depth by research when you absorb information, you're more likely to create a transformation. So sticking with the sugar thing, if you've watched any documentaries about sugar, if you've watched any documentaries about the way sugar is manufactured, about how much it's in everything we eat, about the impact that it has on your mood, about the impact that it has on your health, about how addictive it can be. It can be more addictive than so many drugs. When you learn all of that, it backs up that reason so that the guard can say, listen, this is why you said you weren't going to do it. And here are the reasons why. Remember that documentary that we watched. Remember that book that you read. Remember that person that you spoke to who quit sugar and remember how they said they were going to do it. All of this is being spoken by the guard as soon as you see the cake in the shop window. The third R is repetition. The more this happens, the more you make it a priority, the more you will master this 
decision making the more you will master focusing on the intelligence more than the mind focusing on the monk mind instead of the monkey mind repetition is the mother of skill so the more you say no to sugar the easier it's going to become the more you say yes to the cold water plunge the easier it will become repetition is the mother of skill you just need to start and put one foot in front of the other and the fourth one is responsibility you have to take responsibility for your own life, for your own decisions. And again, the monkey mind will tell you in some situations, the monkey mind will say, but it's not your fault. But remember, she said that thing, this is her fault and not yours. You must take responsibility for every situation that you're in. And only by owning it, will you actually be able to move forward with anything that you do and you'll be able to build your self-esteem. So whenever you're in a battle between your intelligence versus your mind, your guard is going to be armed with research because you've watched all of the information about why you're doing what you're doing because you've listened to podcasts about it, you've read books about it, you've spoken to people who do it. Your reason is therefore strong, it's bulletproof, it's got depth and you know the reason why you're doing something you're doing it often, you're repeating it, so then it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger and you're taking responsibility for that. So just be aware next time this happens to you, next time you are faced with a decision and you've got two voices in your head and you're making excuses with one half of your brain and the other half of your brain is telling you about your goals and telling you about what you said you were going to do, telling you about your commitments, telling you about the reasons why you're going to do it, focus on the guard, the reasons the research, the repetition, the responsibility and have that conversation in your mind and do the thing that's right because we have to learn to disregard our feelings. Our feelings are owned by the monkey mind. Even if you're tired, you can do it anyway, you can still get up. Even when you're angry, you can still speak to someone in a civil manner. Even when you feel sad, you can still get up, get dressed, get out and get to work. It's just about learning how to deal with those things because you don't have control over your emotions and you never will have but you do have control over your behavior and what's missing for most of us is that control over our behavior and realizing that all of these things that keep us comfortable are not serving us and that's not the way that you think that's just your inherent mind telling you to stay safe What's missing for most of us is the action. Listening to podcasts until you're blue in the face is not going to help you implement it. It's just about actually taking the decision. And if you're feeling like, I just, I know what I need to do, but I just don't know where to start, try and scale it back a little bit. Try and think about, and if you want to do something, if you want to start a business, if you want to start a healthy eating programme, for example, let's just go with that one for now. So if you want to be healthy, you want to lose three stone, for example, that goal, that big thinking can really paralyze you. It can overwhelm you. It can make you feel like you just don't know where to start and it can stop you from doing anything. And so often I hear people say, I'm just so overwhelmed. I just don't know where to start. I just don't know what to do. And A day of thinking that leads into a week, which leads into a month, which leads into four months later and you're no further forward with your goal. Instead of thinking about it as I am going to lose three stone, think about it as I am researching how to lose three stone. Or instead of thinking about 
I am going to start a business, think about it as I'm just researching how to start a business. And for 10 minutes a day, just research how you're going to do it. Research how you're going to lose the three stone. Research how you're going to start the business. Because when you do that, when you become a student of it, you will start to gain momentum. If you if you read something about becoming more healthy every single day for 10 minutes a day, your motivation is going to build. Your reason for doing it is going to build. Your research is going to add depth to that reason. And you're going to start being more open to opportunities that arise. So when someone offers to go a walk with you, then you're more likely to say yes. When someone offers to go to the gym with you, you're more likely to say yes. When you see certain foods in the supermarket, you're more likely to buy the foods that will lead you towards your goals rather than the other way around because your research has backed that up. So just think about it as, I'm just starting with some research. I'm just going to see what happens. Because as you do that, you feel more inspired, you meet people who will lead you towards your goals, things start to be put in your pathway that will build your confidence and open your eyes to opportunities and it'll start to happen. Fear is always going to be there, excuses are always going to be there, but it's just about taking small steps every single day, acting in those very, very short windows and being aware, first and foremost, of that conversation in your mind between the two halves of your mind, the mind which is the monkey, which is leading you back to comfort versus the monk mind, which is leading you towards the long-term goals. Because remember that self-discipline is self-love. So often we think of self-love as keeping yourself comfortable, keeping yourself safe, going for a nice warm bath. But actually self-love is doing what you said you were going to do. You love yourself too much to let yourself break that commitment. You love yourself too much to make an excuse. You love yourself too much to let yourself fall out of the good habit that you've created. It's just, it starts with awareness and then it's about tiny, little, small habits, tiny, little, small decisions, which will ultimately lead to changing your life. And I don't say that lightly, but that's where it all starts. So I hope that has helped and I hope that you enjoy implementing some of that. And let me know of any stories that you have of your monkey mind versus your monk mind. Get in touch with us on social media. The podcast is at SheCanPod on Instagram. And I would love, love, love to hear your stories and connect with you over there. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value from that episode today, then I would love for you to share it on your social media. You'll find me at Instagram at Meg McLean UK and the podcast is at SheCanPod. And if you found value, then please hop on to Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review. I would love you forever. And that really helps with visibility of the podcast and helps us get good guests and all the rest of it on the podcast. So Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for spending your half hour with me and I hope to see you really soon.